When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable, the Odyssey Edition. Last week when we spoke, I was in Holbosch, Mexico. So many people asked me where I was. I was in Holbosch. Try not to give my locations when I'm out of the country, just for security reasons. But this week, I am not in Holbosch. I'm on the third leg of my odyssey. I'm currently in Atlanta. As I record, I'm at my friend's gorgeous apartment in Midtown. It's overlooking, I don't even know if this is the park. It's leafy and green and beautiful. It's like, I've never seen so many trees, hell, since the last time I was on the East Coast. LA is not tree heavy. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, but it's like leafy and beautiful. It's like this gorgeous, gorgeous view. I love to sit on her balcony, especially at sunset when the sky is all pink. And her name is Jordan, Chef Jordan. She's gonna come join us in a few minutes. But I wanted to talk about that last part of my odyssey. After last week's discussion with Davida, where we talked about how to travel, several people reached out and they were like, we didn't get to ask our questions. And they had two more questions about traveling that I thought were pretty essential. One of them was about budget. They were like, how do you budget for your travels? So it's two ways. I figure out how much money I want to spend and I figure out a location where I can spend under that amount. I keep a list of places I find interesting. I said last week, I sometimes find stuff on Pinterest. Sometimes my friends travel and they they talk about their journeys and I'm interested in going there because I see my friends' pictures and I'm like, that's dope. I would like to see that in person too. I'm a magazine junkie, like paper magazine still. In most of the magazines I read, there's a lifestyle and travel section, especially if you read UK magazines, they have a whole different list of suggestions than what you'll find in US magazines. I tear the pages out and I I keep them in a little box. When I think I might want to run off somewhere, I, I think about that. Or sometimes I watch movies, like I'm obsessed with Budapest. I watched some Will Smith movie and one of the scenes was at this amazing spa. And I looked up the spa and then I found out that Budapest is known 
for its spas. It's world renowned for its spas. So I started looking at the spas and then I started looking at the architecture. I started looking at what countries were near Budapest that I might also be able to visit while I was on that side of the world. And that's kind of how I made the decision. I want to go to Budapest. As soon as we can get this COVID thing under control, which, you know, may be for a while, I'll, you know, probably end up in Budapest. It's on the bucket list. But in terms of budget, the first way is I set a number and then figure out where on the list of places I want to go can I afford with the budget that I have available. The other way is I do a thorough research of all the places that I want to go before I book tickets to go there. I'm not one of those like book a ticket and then figure out what's there afterward. I always do my research on the front end. And part of that research is obviously finding out things to do, but it's also figuring out how much things cost. So I look at how much the flight is going to cost. I look at the hotels. I look at the restaurants that I might want to eat at. I don't really do excursions. That's not really my thing. But like the museums and exhibitions and um, maybe theater or something like that. So I look at how much it costs and I decide if I want to spend that amount to go to that location. I'll also say this. I don't have a nine to five, which I think you know. I'm not bound to traveling on Fridays and Sundays. I also don't have a husband and kids, so I don't have to be mindful of like kids vacation breaks or husbands nine to five or something like that. So I can just get up and go during off seasons or off days. Like unless there's something that's specifically happening on a weekend, I try not to book the expensive hotels on Friday and Saturday because those are usually the heaviest days. I usually travel Monday through Thursday or Saturday. I try to avoid Fridays and Sundays because those are usually the most expensive airline days. For certain places, I go off season. So last week, Davida and I talked about going to Ghana. Ghana's high season is December. Everyone and their mother is there. The city is packed. It always has been, even before the year of return. As Davida pointed out, many of the Ghanaians who are situated around the world, they go home for the holidays. But there's also a really big festival, which is when I usually go to Ghana with Davida in August. It's the Chale Wote Festival. It's an outdoor festival, art, food, culture, tons of people. But we usually go to Ghana around that time, which is the off time. Usually the week of the festival is the last week that a lot of the restaurants and big beach clubs are open because they close down to prepare for the holiday season when everyone comes home. A couple years ago, I went to Argentina in July and it was 60 degrees. So we were walking around in, in leather jackets and a little bit of layering, but nothing too crazy. It wasn't, it wasn't super cold, but you know, obviously it's summer here and it's not high season for Argentina. So the hotels are really cheap and so were the flights. It, it wasn't crowded because again, it's not high season. So it wasn't packed with too many tourists. The restaurants that we wanted to go to were easy to get into the museums that we wanted to see, the opera house, all of those things were pretty accessible and without a lot of crowds because, again, off season. Same thing with Istanbul. I went last December. It's a Muslim country. They do have some Christians in Istanbul, but countrywide, Christmas is not a big deal. So I went to Istanbul and again, it was 50, 60 degrees when I was there. It's the off season because what's Christmas in a Muslim country? But not, again, not a lot of tourists. The restaurants weren't packed. So some people pay to go places because they want to be where everybody else is and they want to turn up. As an amateur photographer, the emptier, the better for me. I don't like to have my pictures with a whole bunch of people in them. In general, I don't like crowds. 
Those are some of the ways that you can cut costs on a destination that might be out of your budget. The other question that came up a few times was solo travel. Davida and I talked about it a little bit. I think I asked her about it and she was like, she doesn't really solo travel. And then we like segued into something else. I will get up and run off in a minute. I ran off to Istanbul. I didn't know a soul in Istanbul. I do not speak the language, but I was like, I have an iPhone. I have access to Google and they have a version of Uber. I'll be fine. And I was. I don't think that I do anything particularly different when I travel solo. I mean, obviously I have to make my own itinerary, but I do that anyway. Like I don't use travel agents ever. I like planning my own trips. Very rarely I'll go on a group trip. It's usually something where I'm hosting or working. Or if it's someone's like birthday getaway, they usually put me in charge of the itinerary. So I know everything that we're going to be doing anyway because I planned it. My general rule when I when I travel solo is just don't do anything stupid. I mean, anytime you travel anywhere outside of your you know home, you're always going to be at a little bit of risk. But I try not to do things like if I go somewhere and I have a drink or two, like I don't get, I stop it too. I don't get tipsy. I don't wander down dark alleys. I don't indulge in any drugs. So like I'm not looking for drugs. I'm not buying drugs from people. Not to say anything's wrong with drugs if you want to use them, but it's illegal in most places. So it comes with the seediness of doing something um, blatantly illegal. But mostly like my tip is just plan everything out. Definitely let someone back home know where you're going to be. Check in. I mean, obviously, if you're drinking, watch your drink, but you should be doing that at home anyway. Just use common sense is what I would say, but I also recognize that common sense isn't common. So I just say, don't do anything excessively stupid and don't tell people that you're traveling alone. Long before I was married and then even after I wasn't, if someone asked me like where my friends are or who I'm traveling with, I say I'm traveling with my husband and he's here for work. And I always make a point to say that, oh yeah, my husband's waiting for me at the hotel. We're supposed to have dinner. Just to give the impression, one, that I'm not alone and that two, a man will be looking for me if I don't turn up at the appropriate time. And the feminist in me absolutely hates that I have to drop the presence of a man in order to feel safe. But I put my ego aside because safety is more important than my ego. If you have any additional questions about travel, I'm happy to answer them, um, especially while I'm on this odyssey. I've got one, two, three, at least three more cities after this. I may add another one. I thought I had to be back in, what is it called? LA. God, the city that I live in. I thought I had to be back in LA to get my braces off in August, but it turns out they're not coming off until September. So I may add some more places to this odyssey. Got a big writing thing to do. I need to like sit still somewhere, but it ain't going to be LA, especially if they're about to shut down again. I'm not doing another solo quarantine, but as promised, I have an extra special guest for you today. She's one of my favorite humans, and I'm going to wait till she comes in the room to tell you why I wanted to speak with her because we always start the conversation somewhere and then we tangent to somewhere else. You'll understand when Jordan comes on the mic. Hold on a second. I'm going to get Jordan. And in the meanwhile, please give her a warm welcome to Ratchet and Respectable. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way. And you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully 
done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So before we started recording, Jordan is sitting next to me, FYI. Say hi to everyone, Jordan. Hello, everyone. <laughs> is that your podcast voice? Hello, everyone. I mean, I got a few. I can code switch. I'll be whatever. Oh, yeah, be you. Do. Be free. Y'all gonna get a few different versions of me up in here, okay? Okay, that was like number two. Okay. <laughs> So no, I've known Jordan for like what, like four years now. Yeah, we met in Barbados. Yep, and I thought you looked really familiar, <laughs> and did not put you together with the show. It was like, is that where you know me from? Like, know me, know me originally from? I mean, I had saw you. You've it's... never mentioned that to me before. Yes, I did. You were actually a little bit annoyed, and you were a oh, that's standoffish, and, yeah. and you were like, yeah, don't talk to me about that. And I was like, cool, noted. <laughs> Okay, because I just blocked that whole thing. I blocked everything out about that show. That's a whole separate... We okay. never talked about it. I was just I like, cool. Talk about it. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. It was noted. Uh, noted. Hey. But no, I... So, okay, so I brought that up to say that, like, Jordan came in the room, and I asked her, I was like, how do you pronounce your last name? And she kind of looked at me, because I thought her last name was... Shatan. Shatan. Come to find out, it's like the other half of your first name. And you have a whole different last name that you, like, never told anyone about. Yeah, I mean, yep, Jordan Chaton, and my last name is Atkinson. Because that's why you looked at me, you were like, you can't pronounce Atkinson? But I was like, I thought Jordan Chaton. And you always refer to yourself as Jordan Chaton, and I just thought you were one of those people that, like, uses their first and last name. An asshole. I mean, it was one of your quirks. You have you have quirks. And I was like, you know, as far as, you know, overall quirks go, like, this isn't a bad one. If she wants to introduce herself. If she okay. wants to first and last name herself. Like, I'm Demetria L. Lucas. Like, I write it into my contracts because I'm, like, fanatical about the L. But I thought maybe, you know, like, she really likes her first and last name. No. You're like, I'm not that drawn to it. It's just no. my GD name. Really. And I actually grew to love it. And when I was young, I didn't like it. So should I start calling you by your whole name now? I prefer to be introduced to people like that. Like, so if you introduce me to people, you say that. Okay. 
Yeah. Ladies. I'm cool with being called Jordan, but <laughs> okay. I, you know, I like Jordan Chaton. Okay. So I say all that to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, we are now in the room with Jordan Chaton. That's me. That's you. Two first names, because my parents couldn't agree on one. I liked it. Yeah. It's a fancy name. But no, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is not just because we're friends, but because last time that I was in Atlanta, I was in the middle of really, what's the word? Contract negotiations is not the right word. My someone that I was working for wanted me to do more work. They owed me money and they wanted to pay me the same price that they've been paying me since the beginning. And I was like, Clearly, I'm doing something right if you want me to, like, you know, double my output and you still owe me money. Like, why would I do more work for you for the same rate? Like, I'm doing better. I'm making you more money, but you're not paying me more money. And why would I do more work for someone who owes me money? So it was a real big push. They wanted me to, like, do this thing and they kept pushing it. And I was like, well, should I do it? Because, like, I think I should because what if I don't and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, fuck that. No, but I really did say your full name to you did. remind you of who you were. And then I went into everything that you should be asking for uh, to be included in a contract that people are not going to tell you. And if people are going to be coming to you and asking you to do more for them, they need to pay you more, period. And it's not really asking, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, like if you want me to do this. These are the terms to yeah. work with me. That's what it is. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. So you're like my battery in the back friend. Like whenever I feel like I have like imposter syndrome or I'm like doubting myself, like I reach out to you and you like give me like my recharge. How'd you get like that? Like were you always like this confident about like this is what I want and I'm going to get it and you're going to take it and that's that? Well, I've always been that person to try to champion for other people and what I, whatever I think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to contract negotiations and being comfortable with talking about money and demanding money, I had to learn the hard way of being in shitty com- contracts, mm-hmm. not knowing what I was doing, being paid uh, three times less than what I was supposed to be getting paid. Yeah. Um, and so after I found out, <laughs> you know, how much I should be making, how much men were making. Y'all don't know, but I'm a private chef for high profile clientele. And I got into the business in 2007. And when I first got into the business, I was essentially hired off the street. I didn't have any celebrity clientele. And so my first uh, contract was with Puffy, Sean P. Diddy Combs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know how much a private chef should be making, what the minimum was or what the maximum was. And so um, when I got to that part of the hiring process, I undercut myself. And I was talking to this woman named Dia Sims, who um, you you guys should look her up. She's um, now uh, running uh, LeBron James's Tequila, the Lobos brand. and she has a weed company and she's still running stuff for Sean Combs Enterprises. Um, but when I sat down with her, she asked me, you know, what my, what did I want for my salary for on-call 24-7? And um, I said 45000 with a straight face. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Was that the number you, like, how did you come up with that number? I don't fucking know. Like you just decided forty five thousand to work twenty four hours a day for what is forty five thousand? Like Pennies. yeah, but like but why? I'm just curious. Like why forty five thousand? Why not forty? Why not fifty? Why did forty five? Just... I don't know. Literally, it was just what popped in my head, and I just blurted it out. 
How are you going to live on $45,000? Girl, how was I living before that? Well, that okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I was making way less before that. I was living with five of the mouse. We had a few Joe the Roaches up in the crib, you know what I'm saying? But I was just happy to be there, and I also didn't understand where I was. And so I always try to advocate now for people, you know, especially women in the industry that I'm in and other industries, that we need to be educated on the base pay and the max pay, period. And then we have to, so what Dia's advice was, after I said 45000 she stood up from her chair, walked over to her door and closed the door, and essentially told me that as a woman, and especially as a black businesswoman, that I needed to know these things. And that if I walked into these rooms and I didn't know these things, essentially, I was a target. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and so she gave me 72 hours to figure it out and to come back with another number. And I talked to male counterparts and they're like 200,000, 180,000. And these are numbers that I had never heard before, never seen, never even thought about it. Yeah. Just didn't. And my mom low income we she didn't ever have money you know what i'm saying so it's not like i saw money or i came from money so i didn't see it so it's not like i came from a life where those type of conversations were had in the house you know what i'm saying and i think that when you're a person who actually comes from you know middle and upper class there's different conversations in the household so you have a better understanding about it and i just didn't and I also, for a long time, suffered from imposter syndrome. Mm. So I didn't think that I was supposed to be there. Even though I was there, I was like, I ain't supposed to be here. One day they're going to realize I'm not a chef. They're going to realize that this is, this is a sham. Yeah. Even though I'm going in and I'm cooking all day, every day, in my mind, something was telling me, you're a fraud. Yeah. This isn't real. And so I didn't even know that imposter syndrome there was a word for it. I just thought I was kind of going crazy. I went back and I think I stuck at 65,000. Jesus. Well, why 65 when like you're talking to the guys who said like, you know, ask for 180 or 250. I mean, I'm glad you got like you got up 20,000, but still, for 24 hours a day? And I and I literally worked 17 to 22 hours a day. Probably like months of no off days. I think the longest time I went without an off day was like two and a half months. What? Yeah. And, and, and they're very intense environments in general because you're the, the level of expectation. You're working for people that don't hear no. They don't hear I can't. These are not things that for they understand. For $65,000 you can hear I can't. Well, but see, this is the thing is that that wasn't the number that they gave me. That was the number I gave them. And so that's always like, I know a lot of people complain about Pup and they're like, he's a shark and you know, this and this and that. But the thing is, is that we have to take responsibility for what we accept and what we go into uneducated. I was not educated. I was ignorant and I made the deal. So I never want it to be interpreted as he did something to me because he didn't. I did it to myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not to say he couldn't have been like, yeah, girl, yeah. we're going to start you at 100 and you going to, okay. Yeah. Like, we, you know, not to say that he couldn't have did that, but I'm not a person that wants to like look at like I was a victim in that situation. But that's why I always like really, like if you follow me on social media, I randomly go on these rants. I say it all the time. Ask for the max, go in knowing what you're supposed to be asking for. Because especially in our community, in the black community, we're not educated about money. Mm-hmm. And we also are not comfortable with talking about money. 
We're just not. And we're more comfortable with accepting a low rate just to be there. We just, we're just, oh, we're cool with it because we don't think that we're supposed to be there. Supposed to be there. There's this little thing where we're thinking, we're not supposed to be here anyway, so we don't want to make waves. You know what I'm saying? We don't. But you know what I've always found whenever I've been like, oh, I'm just so happy to be here and I take a rate lower than what I know I should be getting paid. They also know that it's lower. They know I don't know my worth and they run me. They run me like nothing's ever quite good enough. They always have like a bunch of complaints because I wish you could see Jordan's face right now. They've always in every single situation treated me like shit. And my thought was, if I can get myself in this door and I can get this opportunity, then it'll lead to bigger opportunities. And what I've always found is they'll run me, they'll actually recommend me to someone else, tell them basically she works for nothing, and they'll go and work with someone else who might not even be like, quote, quote unquote, at the same level I am, and actually pay them. Yep. That's always been my circumstance. Because they'll ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. as, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. It's just, it's just simple as that. So I'm always out here telling people, like, you need no less than $1,000 a day. No less than $1,000. I, I, I need $1,000 to even think about what you're talking about. Yeah. And $1,000 in comparison to what chefs, at least the chefs at my level of what we do, is not enough. Yeah. Because people don't think about, you know, all they, all they think about is the 15 minutes they're going to eat food. They don't think about the... The time it takes for us to get to the grocery store, mm-hmm. the time that it takes in the grocery store, loading and unloading the car, organizing the fridge when we get there, prepping up the food. And nine times out of 10, when we come to work, the kitchen and the dining room is dirty. It has nothing to do with us, but we have to then implement in our mind, we have to get there two hours early. Uh, 45 minutes of that is cleaning up a mess that has nothing to do with us. And so there's all of these things that go into us and then we have to set the table and then we have to make sure the ambiance is right and then we have to make sure that the everything is plated in an appealing way, put the food down at the time that it's supposed to be put down, clear it, and then we just do it all again. You have like a team of assistants for this, right? No. So you do all the cooking and the cleaning and the table setting? Yes. And the cleaning up? Yes. Girl, $1,000 a day is too little. Exactly. That's crazy. But that's what I'm saying. In the chef industry... Like, it's really, it's really bad. Like, right now, like, the going rate, like, like when you come in, like, $250, $350 is what you start out with mm-hmm. in the private chef world. And people are, like, happy with that, right? And then it's like, no, because you, you're doing, like, 10 jobs in one. Yeah. And so, like, I've had to try to explain to people, like, where I'm at now in my career, not only are people paying me for the food and the service I provide for them, but they pay me to be available to them. Mm. And that, and that's a, that's a, there's a disconnect for the private chef industry that they, we're not, we're not counting all the time. So it's like, we're essentially like doctors. They take all of our time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, and, and because they take all of our time, we can't give it to somebody else. We can't book multiple clients. Not for this type of clientele. You can you can have multiple clients at a different clientele. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's all different, you know, roles that we can get into. But again, it comes back to just not being educated and not being secure in yourself. And so it just t- it took me time to get secure with myself and to be fed up with the bullshit.
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You've had like very intense clients. Yes. Um, what's like the craziest? Mm, I mean, Puff was probably the craziest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys... I didn't even mean like who, but I meant like in like terms of like demands. Is it like... I don't know, like it's 4 a.m. and wake up and like I mean, fry some fish? Like, uh, Puff would be like, it's 4.30 in the morning and the club is let out and I have 100 people with me and I want an 18 option buffet set up and you've got 30 minutes. How do you even get that done? I, I don't know, but I do it. I done it. Did it. And in that, in that particular case, um, Lenny Kravitz, was a guest that came. Oh, <laughs> oh, girl. I would be up cooking for Lenny for free. Oh, I was Lenny, up in the what kitchen you want, like, baby? What you want, Lenny? Girl, I was up in that kitchen like, Lenny Kravitz. And then he said, and this is when Lenny was still like eating meat and stuff because I think now he's like a hardcore like vegan or he something. He looks wonderful. Vegan life. He does. And he looked, he looked really good back then. He's I'm always, like he's having an amazing run. I've never been a, a butt woman. Yeah. But his, he was so chiseled. I was like, you know when you like put, drop, drop a quarter on it or something and it'll pop? I'm like, yes. that, it was just like that type of chisel. Oh. And I, I, I don't know, he was there, I think there wasn't grape jelly for the biscuits and I just remember him saying something about it and I was like, if, you, if you're ever a guest here again, there will be grape jelly for the biscuits. I like that. This, it's shit I remember. That's, that's weird that he'd just be like, there's no grape jelly? Just- yeah. He wanted grape jelly for the biscuits, and I just didn't have any. It's not a grocery store, though. Like, it's it's someone's house. Like, sometimes people's houses have what you want. Sometimes they don't. It's a house. Not to be like... fair, okay. Puff's Miami Estate, the kitchen looks like a restaurant. It was Tommy Matola's old house. Oh. And so, you know, Italian. Like, they put a lot into it. So yeah. Like, the pizza wood stove ovens in oh. the kitchen, built into the kitchen. And then you have, like these fridges where you it, it looked like a, a mini restaurant it's probably one of my favorite it probably is my favorite kitchen what's your dream kitchen i've ever cooked in um probably like a restaurant style kitchen really big refrigerators that you can actually walk into that are glass you can see everything mm-hmm. um like german style stoves and burners restaurant style german those are like the really big ones. Really big. Okay. Lots of power. Okay. A fryer station. Outside oven pizza grill. Not in the house. Too hot. So I don't like the heat. Yeah. Okay. It already gets hot enough. Uh, and I actually prefer for my stoves to be in like a, in the middle island. Mm-hmm. I don't like them to be against the wall. Why? Because most of my time is spent in, in front of the stove. Mm. And so I would rather be able to look outside or something like that instead of looking at a wall the whole day. Fair. I never thought about that. Yeah. I don't spend that much time yeah, well, at the stove. Yeah. And get in and get out. Yeah, that's my job to that, serve. That's your job. <laughs> it's my job to serve. Yes. And so that would be like my, to be able to be looking uh, like over like a pool or water. I love cooking and looking out at water. What are your favorite Atlanta restaurants? Give me a top three. I love Toast on Linux. 
which my friend Chef V Harper owns and operates. That food is good. I almost debated being like, can we go back there today? I wanted to support another black-owned business. Black man. But I, but that was He's a black good... man, y'all, and he's single, huh? Oh, I didn't know you were single. And you you left that part out. from Jersey. We were meeting the... Oh, he's from Jersey, you said. No. We left that part out. Like, we were... If you follow Dear Mom, um, my, my daily updates about this odyssey, and I write to my mother, Jordan and I went out to toast on Lennox, and we... Our waiter was very attractive yesterday. If you read, you should put Dear him in the Mom, stories so that people can see him. Well, I I didn't want to put him on blast like that. He might not care. I'll ask him. I'll reach out and ask him if it's okay to post him because I shared this story. Some people are weird about that. I'm not asking you shit. If I ask him and he's fine with it, I will. Whatever. I mean, you, good. Get the consent. But you didn't tell me the chef was in. What does the chef look like? Get I the consent. Look at the chef. I don't have my phone. Is he cute? Me. We're rolling. Go for that. Okay, taste. He's cute. Head. He's not ugly. Okay. He's cute. I look him up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Virgil. Get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else? Where else do you like to eat? Um, I like Gun Show. What's that? It's like a dining experience. So it's like um, they have a like um. So the whole menu is like different options, but they're like small plates, and you can see uh, the chefs cooking it, but they bring like the plates around and it's like do you want this and and it's like yes or no and then they put it down and you kind of like check off on the menu like mm-hmm. you ordered this or what or whatever um but you can see them doing it and it's like beautiful food and different layers of flavor and mm-hmm. it's infusions of different cultures and then they have like like they're out i don't drink anymore but they their alcohol drinks like they bring a cart over and they do like all these like tricks and stuff. So it's like a whole little experience. I've never heard of this restaurant. Gun Show. I think I sent it to you on the list. I don't remember Gun Show. I try. remember Canoe. Because I thought Canoe. Canoe was just cute. Canoe looks. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. Cause they they're never. I, they, I don't know. I haven't been there yet. But um, Gun Show is really good. For sushi, I love Eight Lounge. That's where we went. That was some good sushi. So good. Last time I was here, like that was really good. So good. I love that place. And you gotta be like aware out here because a lot of people, a lot of establishments are racist, even though you're in a black city. So I like the fact that they're not racist. Yeah. You know, that's crazy to me that like, I mean, it's not because it's like the South. Yeah. I mean, it's America. I mean, not even like just say it's the South because it's America, but still. Yeah. It gets tricky out here, you know, because they set those rules and regulations about clothing, and it's you know when they're setting those things, it's really the they're tone to keep of a black audience. Yeah, they're trying to keep them out. But then it's like you know, I mean, what we can half ago, I'm out to eat, and I saw someone get shot in front of me. So it's like, okay, maybe this is why they implement the rules oh. to kind of diffuse this. Yes. I was out last night when I was leaving the Kanye concert and I was talking about um, the rooftop of some hotel or something like that. And I was with my sister and she says, um, and she was like, oh, you know, somebody got shot there. And I was like, is that like the story of Atlanta right now? Because I feel like every place I keep throwing out, they're like, yeah, there was a shooting. Like, oh, yeah, go up 85. Yeah, like 14 people got shot on the highway. Yeah, I think honestly, they're not saying it, but I think there's a serial killer. There's somebody like, and it's because it's only certain times of day, and they're just randomly killing people. Is this the highway shooting? On the highways. That's, yeah. I was yeah. like, girl, what? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's a thing. It and is I a thing. Like, I think that it's a serial killer. That's, what is 
going on in Atlanta right now? And Atlanta's really weird with serial killers because they've had a few and they just don't ever want to say it. Yeah, because it scares the shit out of people. But And what are you going to do? Tell people not to take the highway? Like... I mean, well, how hard is it to find somebody that keeps doing the same thing? I mean, evidently it's hard because they ain't found them. And maybe they're not looking. Or maybe, or maybe they're not looking. Maybe it's one of them. Is Atlanta okay right now? Because I feel like there's a lot. I don't know. Is the world okay? I mean, no. No. I mean, no. the world is stupid right now because, like, half people are just on some, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. We got a whole new world. And we, we got Kovita and all her stepsisters coming out. Nobody wants to wear a mask. I think it was really irresponsible for them to lift the mask ban. Mm-hmm. And now it's a shit show. Yeah. And it's going to remain that way, honestly, because nobody cares Yeah. about anyone else but themselves. Yeah. When I was at the concert last night, I was shocked. Like, even for people who don't wear masks, like, day to day or whatever, but, like, an indoor event with thousands of people, like, and it wasn't even, like, every other chair. Like, it's open, open. Yeah. And, like... I had on a mask. Sissy had on a mask. And I might have seen like no one or two other people. Yeah. Like the whole when I was walking around and like no, yeah, no masks and no vaccinations. That's yeah, especially out here in Atlanta. Like a lot of the black community is totally against the vaccine. That's that's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people have like their reasons to some degree. Like yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not an anti-vaxer, but I don't have the vaccine. And I'm not a person that sits up here and is like, go get the vaccine. I I just don't talk about it. I I wear a mask and I get tested every week. Okay. Is that for work? Um, I mean, for work I get paid. They pay for it. But if if I'm between contracts, I still get it done myself for my own peace of mind. Just to know. Even though I'm a recluse, I hardly leave my house. Like, you know, I go to eat sometimes. But even that, like I have specific times that I'll go out when I know everyone isn't there. When is that? Because I feel like Atlanta, like the last two restaurants we've been to, we've been to Well, I told you, I, don't, I usually don't and... go out after 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you, that was crazy. You were like, yeah, I usually do breakfast at 8.30. And I was like, who was getting up at 8.30? Me. Like on, that's... I get Y'all don't understand. There'll be lines around the block by 10 a.m. out here. There was a line this morning for breakfast at Marnie's mm-hmm. at... 9 30 when mm-hmm. we pulled up like there was like people were waiting for tables and i was like we ate at the bar because because we're not waiting for a table that's crazy to me yeah and what we went when we went to toast it was like what 10 30 which i usually don't go but they were packed they were packed. by the time yeah. we left they had a line yeah yeah friday and through the weekend you don't even want to go do there. people work in this city i mean atlanta is the land of smoke mirrors and scammers oh there you go yeah you know, the PPE money. Yeah, a whole lot of PPE money, mm-hmm. but even before that, people were like, It's like, nah, we've been scamming. They've been scamming. scamming. Not we. I am not affiliated. I was like, We is in Atlanta. I stay very far away like, from I stay away from the scamming. From the scams. I do legitimate work. Please get away from me. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, my love. Thank- Wait, are there any other restaurants you want to recommend? No, she's making a face. There's that's all she wants to give love to. Okay. Yeah, gun strong. Uh, I mean, breakfast is money. Toast my legs. Toast Support Linux. black business. And soon you'll have a juice bar for me to support out here. I love it. Soon. I love it. Well, I'll be back because you know I'm like trying to be in Atlanta. All right. Well, thank you, Jordan. Shatan. Thank you, Demetria L. Motherfucker. <laughs>
You're hilarious. You got the L. No, but I really, no, Lucas. So I really do hit her up and call her, text message her, and voice note her to remind her of exactly who she is because I'm that type of fucking friend in in case she forgets. You're also the friend that like shows up with tequila in like a mini mason jar and limes. I do. So it's not just straight tequila, but and limes because that's important. And I don't drink. And you don't drink. Yeah. I love to make custom cocktails for my friends. I love it. Yeah. I told him you're like an all-purpose friend. Yeah. I was like, get you an all-purpose friend. We could do breakfast at 8.30 and bring tequila. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. That is this week's episode of Ratchet and Respectable. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'm strictly doing Odyssey posts until the Odyssey is over. So, and I don't know when that's going to be. So, if you want more Odyssey info, you can follow me at Demetria L. Lucas on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Is that everything? It's not. But we'll talk about whatever else I missed next week. Okay, talk soon. Bye.